welcome to the Finance Cafe, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that is changing the narrative around finance, business, and women. Your hosts are Shannon Peston, former banker, and Shauna Frederick, CFO on the go. They are the founders of the Finance Cafe and creators of the online business financial literacy program designed specifically for women entrepreneurs. As women entrepreneurs themselves with strong finance backgrounds, they have an understanding of the unique challenges and opportunities that women in business face. The conversations you will hear each week from diverse women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them will not only educate, but inspire. At the Finance Cafe, we support women entrepreneurs just like you to feel capable, confident, and connected, not just to your business and finances, but to each other. Thanks to the support of the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, part of the Government of Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Strategy that aims to increase women entrepreneurs' access to financing, talent, networks, and expertise, we are thrilled to bring you Season 2 of the Finance Cafe Podcast. So today, I sit down with my friend Jen Cook, Director of Inclusive Trade, to talk about how exporting can help you grow your sales and your business. Jen, you have such a great job at EDC in supporting a more inclusive environment and inclusive innovation and entrepreneurship ecosystem. Tell us just a little bit about what you're doing at EDC. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to tell you about it, Jen. And I'm, I'm, I feel like the luckiest person in the world with the greatest job in the world. So yes, I lead a team here at EDC that's dedicated to really focusing our uh, 100% of our time on a strategy for how EDC can ensure that we're relevant and accessible to all Canadian companies, and especially those that are owned and led by women and other people who identify with dimensions of diversity. So I lead a team of national leads, one for women in trade, one for Indigenous businesses, and most recently we added a national lead for Black exporters. And so we're really keen on ensuring that everything we do here at EDC is taken with a lens of inclusivity inclusivity, and, and that our services and our solutions are accessible to all. It's a journey and we're learning and we're, we're trying to get better every day, but it's, it's really awesome and it's, it fills my soul. Well, I do agree that you have got an amazing job. And not only do you have an amazing job, you do an amazing job at your job. And I can't wait to dive into this conversation with you to learn so much more about EDC and about export and trade. So let's dive in. Jen, you are such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to exporting. And I just want to dive right into the conversation to ask, how is exporting opening doors for women entrepreneurs? Great question. And the answer is really simple. It's access to more customers. For those of us here in Canada, we've got a great country, but you know we're, we're not that many people in the grand scheme of things. So being able to tap into customers in, in much larger markets, whether it's the US south of the border, um, in Europe or in other trade blocks around the world, it's, it's really about broadening your reach to new customers. I think there's also perhaps broader acceptance for innovation in other countries. It's not just always about thinking about getting new customers, but maybe new partners that can help you further develop and innovate 
And it's an opportunity, frankly, to share your innovations more widely around the world. We know that women entrepreneurs often start businesses with a view to solving some of the world's biggest problems. And why wouldn't we want to share that with the world? So when you consider even just the markets where Canada has free trade agreements, it's access to over 1.5 billion more customers. So, so it's really important to think about exporting and, and the possibilities for your business. Well, Jen, I love that you just talked about the fact that women entrepreneurs are starting businesses because they're trying to solve a problem. And yet mm-hmm. I want to talk also about the fact that we do see some gender differences when it comes to exporting. So why are women entrepreneurs less likely to export than our male counterparts? Generally speaking, what we observe is women entrepreneurs think locally when they start their business. And maybe that that starts getting them thinking then, you know, more provincial before they really think broader than that and going outside of the country. I think the more, and I know we're going to talk about this, Shannon, the more we become part of this digital world, and I think the pandemic has really forced us, I think that's gotten women more out there, frankly. You know, it's made it a little bit easier to access customers outside of Canada because once you're online, it's just a a really easy path. There's a lot of different, uh, you know, things to consider when it comes to exporting. And I think part of it, frankly, is just a mindset, right? Is thinking big. Thinking big from the outset is really important. Well, really great point. And, you know, you sort of talked about earlier what you talked about earlier was thinking local and maybe not thinking big enough. Are there some myths that are common around exporting? Like, are, are we making some assumptions as small business owners that maybe we're not big enough to export? Like, what might be some of the, the myths that are around this? Absolutely. There's several myths about exporting. And, and you've hit one right on the head that that exporting is only for large companies. The truth of the matter is you don't have to be a huge corporation. Size is not related to success when it comes to, to exporting or selling, selling outside of Canada. You know, nowadays, some companies are born global. Like I mentioned, you know, if you're, if you're selling online um, from day one, your, your business is global. Um, the other myth is really uh, about the fact that exporting is only for companies that make and sell goods. Um, Like that's such a myth. And actually in Canada, services have outpaced goods in terms of the value that we, we export from Canada. And so, you know, a lot of women entrepreneurs in particular that I meet and speak to are already exporters and they don't even know it. They just don't think of themselves as exporters. They don't relate to that word export, right? So if you're delivering services, And it's sometimes hard to wrap your head around, and I'll give you a good example, is because sometimes service businesses are delivering all their services here in Canada. But what you've got to think about is that if your customer, the person or or the company that's paying you is head office outside of Canada, you're an exporter. So one really great example that I I love to speak about, one of my colleagues shared it with me, is that she she had met a woman entrepreneur who's, who's got a really successful business doing HR services for companies that are trying to set up shop here in Canada. And so my colleague said to her, well, that's great. You're an exporter. And she kind of looked looked at her like she had two heads. She's like, well, no, I'm not, because everything she does is, is here in Canada. But what she failed to realize was that all of her customers 
were foreign companies. And so she was delivering service to them here in Canada, but all of her customers were from outside of Canada. So she was actually a big exporter. And so I love when that light bulb goes on. It's sort of an aha moment for, for many service providers to realize that they are exporters. So like an example of a service company that exports versus a product company. So just maybe hit high level on what that difference is. You know, to be honest, I don't really see a lot of difference. The differences would be in what you're moving, I suppose, right? You know, with goods, you're, you've got to worry about logistics, transportation of your products, customs and duties. Whereas for a service company, perhaps it's moving people, right? You've got to move people in and out of the country. Perhaps, however, if you are digitally enabled, it's easier as a service provider to export because you can deliver your services online. Right. And, and that then just makes it way easier. Some of the other considerations, I don't see a ton of differences. There's a lot more similarities than differences. It's really just that mindset. One thing that I think is super important to think about, whether you're a goods provider or a service provider, though, is about protecting yourself. Right. So we, we talk about protecting your business, protecting your bottom line, risk mitigation, things like protecting your IP and your, your trademark are so, so important, whether you're a service provider or a good, a provider of goods. Sometimes you, you only think about IP when it's a physical product, but I think it's important for service providers. You know, if you're, if you've got a proprietary coaching service or a proprietary, like a methodology or a proprietary education framework, those are things that you should look to protect if it makes sense for your business. And, and to think about that from the beginning, there was one example of a, a woman entrepreneur that, that I met recently, a wonderful, wonderful product, but she never thought from the beginning about selling globally. And so when she named her product, she didn't do searches internationally and particularly in the US. And then when the opportunities came to export her, it was products in this case, her products to the US, she found out that there was already somebody else using a similar name and she, it wouldn't have been wise to use that name. So she had to go through all kinds of rebranding, repackaging. So it's important. That's again, why it's so important to think about all the possibilities for where you might sell around the world from an earlier stage in your, in your business and, and take steps to make that easier. We have talked a lot about the benefits of exporting, but let's go to the other side of that coin and talk about the cons. What do small business owners, I shouldn't even say small business owners, but what do business owners need to think about or need to know about some of the the disadvantages or the cons that come along with exporting? You know, it's a good question. Like anything, I think there's risks, right? And exporting definitely, you know, brings, brings greater risk. There's no doubt about it. That said, I think it's not necessarily that risk is a bad thing, right? Risk can be opportunity, but it's all in how you manage it, how you understand it and how you manage it. And so for that reason, I think planning is really, really important understanding what you'll require, preparation, logistical planning, all the different aspects of exporting are worth thinking through and planning for. So things like doing your market analysis, understanding what might be the best market entry strategy, what are the supply chain considerations or tax considerations, what is marketing and sales going to entail, how do you plan to implement these things? And really most importantly, and I think what's important to your audience at the Finance Cafe is what resources are you going to need? And both financial and human 
right? So thinking about those potential risks and how you can mitigate them. We see a lot, and I, I know at the Women's Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, they, we talk a lot about protecting yourself. So setting your business up, it starts with incorporating, right? And that's that's really important to protect yourself from, from liability, but it also opens up access to more resources. So again, you can mitigate risk, but it can also be an opportunity. Again, might allow you to access grants and other financial products. One of the other risks that we at EDC talk to entrepreneurs about is the potential risks of non-payment. Mm -hmm, so yeah, and and you know, as you go further away from home, and certainly outside of Canada, when you think about perhaps selling into a larger market like US, chances are your contracts are going to be larger. And so the risk of non-payment is even greater on your company. But the other side of that is that there's lots of tools available to help you mitigate that. You know, a simple thing such as credit insurance can help protect you against that risk of non-payment. And so it's really, again, part of that planning is understanding the risks and understanding what's available to help you mitigate them so that you can still, you can be informed and still move forward and, and reap the benefits of trade. I truly believe the benefits outweigh the risks if you know how to, how to mitigate them and, and you take steps to mitigate them. Before we move on is I want to mention is ensuring you have enough working capital. And that's another critical thing when we think about being ready for exporting, which, you know, you might want to talk about is making sure you have enough working capital to be able to execute on exports. Like I mentioned, contracts can be larger. There, here's chances that there's more onerous payment terms that will be expected from customers outside of Canada. So how do you take on those opportunities and make sure that you can still deliver on them? So again, making sure you've got access to the financial resources to take on that larger business or figuring out a way to manage it in smaller bite-sized steps are things to think about. Well, thank you for that. And I want to go back to what you were talking about incorporation and do companies have to be incorporated in order to export? I don't think it's mandatory, but I do think it's so, so, so important, right? For lots of reasons. I could be speaking out of turn there, but you know, there's a lot of things like number one, incorporating protects the owner from personal liability right? So it's that separation of liability risk from you as a person to, to restricting it to your business. But I will say that it also opens up a lot more resources. So, you know, if you want to apply for grants or for other financial products, or you want to participate in trade missions, I believe like participating in all those things, one of the criteria is going to be that it's for incorporated businesses. So, so I do think it's really, really important for all entrepreneurs, but women entrepreneurs in particular, to, to take those steps. And I don't think it's as scary or onerous as, as we might think. It's worth, again, reaching out to somebody to just find out what the steps are. And there's lots of people that can help you through the process. Great advice, Jen. So let's talk about how do I know as a company if I'm ready to export? What should I be thinking about? It starts with number one, that you've developed a sound and scalable business model, right? So once you've been able to, to show that there's demand, there's a client base for your product or your service, consider not just your potential for growth, but your capacity to handle it. So do you have the team in place? Do you have the right infrastructure, the systems, the processes, again, to allow you to deliver to your customers and as sales increase and operations expand? 
demonstrating that your business model is solid and it can be successful globally, I think you want to have a good, a good handle on that. Secondly, have you already saturated the Canadian market or the, is the interest in your product in Canada waning? Then why not look beyond Canada, right? Start researching how to find new markets and where your product or service might be relevant around the world. Again, that market research is really important, right? I did mention some companies go global from day one. I've talked to some companies especially really innovative ones where they found more early acceptance and adoption of their technology in a market like the U.S. before they even had any success in Canada. So think about the logistics, distributors, suppliers, other partners as you build out your plan. Number three, again, I'll say it again, make sure you have the right team in place. So do you have the qualified people? either to help you run the operations here at home while you explore new markets, because it does take investment of time and resources to tap into a new market. So, you know, you want to make sure you have both resources here at home on the and on the ground and abroad where you may need, you know, whether it's to have a, a partner on the ground in, in that country. The fourth thing I'll say is really immersing yourself in the exporting ecosystem. And we are so lucky here in Canada, Shannon, that we have such a rich ecosystem of resources to help entrepreneurs understand the risks and the opportunities, understand the, the tools that are available to mitigate the risks and that can help them build their global strategy. Organizations like ADC for One, but the Trade Commissioner Service, other partners, even like Startup Canada, Women's Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, and Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada. Yeah. Like there's innumerable organizations that really are here to help and can, can give you support that you need. So I think those are really the four things. Make sure you have the right network that can support you. Make sure you've got the team and the resources that you need and that you've identified a demand for your products and services in other markets. So once you know all of these things, then what would be the steps to actually start exporting? Okay, well, I would say start with just thinking of yourself as an exporter, you know? So it start with, start with the mindset, learn about international trade agreements like we've talked about. And have a plan. Again, maybe I'll make a little plug here. There's programs like the Trade Accelerator Program, which are run nationally, that can really help you build that export strategy and an export plan uh, that can connect you to different partners that can help you. And then just go for it. Whether your strategy is through e-commerce or through finding distributors, reach out to those organizations that can help you. The Trade Commissioner Service, any of the partners that we've talked about to find out what you need to do and just take those steps, just get started. And for our listeners, we will put these partners inside the show notes. So don't worry about trying to capture all this in our conversation here. We will put them in the notes. Jen, let's talk about EDC, obviously a really critical organization in helping Canada be more competitive on a global scale. Let's talk about some of the support that you offer specifically for women entrepreneurs. Absolutely, Shannon, and you've nailed it. Like EDC is a federal crown corporation and we're here. Our, our sole mandate is to support Canadian companies to be successful to reach their global potential and, and to expand their business and grow successfully in, in international markets. So I'd say the support that we provide really falls into a couple of different buckets. We provide various essentially knowledge and financial resources and tools. So 
knowledge, tools, education to help you really make informed decisions. Then there's the risk mitigation. So financial insurance to help you protect yourself against the risk of Mm non-payment. And then financial tools to help you access that working capital that's really critical for growing companies, right? So, you know, when it comes to knowledge, I'd say there's so many different resources that companies can tap into. For example, we've partnered with the Forum for International Trade Training to offer an EDC fit light learning series. So particularly good for women entrepreneurs who are so time constrained. These are bite-sized modules that you can read about you know, different exporting topics um, in less than an hour each. So, you know, if you need to learn about market entry strategies, there's uh, a module for that. Sales channel development, cash flow management. These are all different topics that are available to, to just get quick, deep knowledge about. We also have an export help hub, which is really a curated digital knowledge hub where companies can access insights and know how on expanding internationally. So any question, that your listeners have about exporting, they can probably find the answer in the EDC Export Help Hub. There's also tools like EDC Inlist or EDC Company Insight, which are interactive tools that help you find reliable and trustworthy information on companies you wanna do business with or, or trusted service providers in Canada and markets around the world. And finally, through EDC's Trade Insights website, a wealth of information. There's guides from our economics team, as well as market guides to give you insights into specific markets, webinars on tons of different topics. And so really can help save you time when you're doing that research and due diligence and and preparing your export plan. And all that is free of charge when you sign up for a MyEDC account. On the financing tools, you know, again, really important to know what's available to help you, whether it's to mitigate that non-payment risk. And I'd say when it comes to credit insurance, the important thing to know is that it can also help you be more competitive. Because when you go into foreign markets, remember I talked about customers might expect more demanding payment terms. I know a lot of companies that won't sell outside of Canada unless they get cash up front, but you might be turning away business, right? So how do you say yes to that business while still protecting yourself and being competitive? So credit insurance is is one of the answers to that question, right? You can offer competitive payment terms to customers while still protecting yourself and accessing more working capital because your bank is more likely to give more lending value to accounts receivable when they're insured. So, so many nuances to some of these tools. And and so it's often just really good to reach out to your network, reach out to EDC to learn more about it. Well, Jen, thank you. So many great tools that you've mentioned today. And, you know, there's a lot, and I think this is where it's great to be able just to connect with the organization. So Jen, where can people learn more about EDC? Where can they learn more about you? Absolutely. I mean, certainly I I encourage anyone listening to connect with me on LinkedIn, but for women entrepreneurs, it's easy. Go to www.edc.ca slash women dash in dash trade. 
you can read more about how EDC can support you in your international growth. Jen, thank you so much for your time today. I always love talking to you. You fill me with so many more questions. I feel like I could go on and on and on, but you've given us a great starting place and you've given our listeners some really tangible tools. So any last minute words from you before we say goodbye for this episode? It's been such a pleasure, Shannon. I feel the same way. We could talk for hours on this subject, a subject that I'm super passionate about, but I guess my last words of advice for women entrepreneurs everywhere is to just dream big and think about the possibilities for, for taking your products and your services to the world. Jen, thank you so much. It was so great to catch up with you. Thank you. And I wish you all the success in your new role. Thank you so much, Shannon. And to you. Thanks for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. Want to dig deeper? As a valued listener, we'd love to offer you an exclusive discount to our financial literacy program. Use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off. Visit thefinancecafe.ca to join or to take our free financial literacy quiz. We would be so grateful if you could show some love for your favorite financial podcast. Just like, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you are listening from and help other listeners like you connect with us. See you again next week on the Finance Cafe podcast.